All right. So you ready? I am ready. I'm, I'm going to do an intro for you, and it's going to be good. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best radio voice. You got some reverb? <laughs> I, well, I do, and I do my, uh, the, the other intros, but here we go. Master Coach Joe White's real-life story of transformation and growth has fueled his 21-year journey with Get Life Coaching, transforming over 100,000 lives and businesses around the world. It started over 26 years ago when Joe was caught in the grips of a life-threatening drug and alcohol addiction. He survived a flatlined overdose only to spiral deeper into his addiction. His life changed in 1993 when he discovered a set of self-help tapes that became the catalyst for his transformation. In 1994, Joe broke free from his addiction and changed the trajectory of his life forever. It was 1999 when Joe founded Get Life Coaching in his basement. It was one of the first full-time coaching companies in the country. His unique no BS approach attracted many clients that were deemed as unhelpable. From there, Joe's reputation grew and so did the results he was able to create. In the 21 years to follow, Joe grew Get Life Coaching beyond Delaware throughout the USA and globally. Joe has worked with startups, entrepreneurs, small businesses, locally and internationally, from local businesses, business icons of EDIS, Goodwill, Santora and Associates, BHI Insurance, to global brands of Google, GE, Heineken, Corvo, and the Young President's Organization, Pan Asia Chamber, chapter rather. Joe is a firewalk instructor, and in 2019, he became the owner of the Firewalk Institute of Research and Education. This global organization is the home of firewalking and is responsible for certifying firewalk instructors, including notables such as Tony Robbins, T.R. Vecker, Dr. Wheel, and yours truly, myself. And that is how we actually originally met. What's up? What's going on? So yeah, first I, st of all, I started my company 21 years ago in my basement, and now I'm back into my basement. basement. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the circle of life. Yep. We, we need Rafiki here. <laughs> right? That is crazy. But for a different reason, the great news is it's probably a different basement. Yeah, a different basement, yes. Is yes. it a nicer, nicer house, I presume? Yes, yes, much nicer. Yeah. Yes. So it's temporally different kind of same in the uh that it's a basement but uh god bless you so Thank yeah you. i mean first of all i just want to acknowledge you we we met because i went and, and got the certification and uh you know we connected there obviously you're brilliant you're one of the best storytellers uh that i know um you your ability to share is like, i'm a huge storyteller and fan of storytelling and and you're up there with some of the greats so um I know it, for you and I, like in the coaching world, that means something. Right. I know if, if we saw other people like, oh, who cares? You can tell a story, man. There is an art to telling a story and influencing and having it make a change and, and support transformation because yeah. that's where the power is. And I think sometimes like, like people are new in the space, whether you're a speaker or a coach, they go and they hear a great speaker and they confuse that. And they end up spending a lot of time talking about themselves mm -hmm. and how great they are and how, because I'm great and I've done this, you can change your life too if you just listen to me. And that turns off audiences. And it doesn't mean they, have, they, they, they can't learn that storytelling style and approach where there's a difference of, because we've all heard speakers like, okay, this guy has spent the last hour telling how great he is, or this guy has, has spent an hour, 
you know, you go back to the Jim Rohns and the Zig Ziglar's telling a story about their lives that you feel sucked in and you're just getting all this data and information and inspiration to empower your life. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and we forget that that's how we learn is through story. Um, and, and that's a delicate balance, you know, speaking, you know, we can touch on that as coaches because I put in the, the content, the title, you know, about coaching because that we, it's what we both do is that delicate balance of connecting with someone through that story without sounding like, let me tell you more about me and how great I am yeah. and share your story. Cause I struggle with it too. Sometimes where I'm like, my struggle is why do people care? Like I'm not, I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to support you. Like tell me more about you. And even when it's appropriate, sometimes there's a part of me that goes, is this really necessary? Like, am I starting to sound like, Oh, listen to me. I'll tell you what I think. Right. You know, how right. do you balance that? Like if you were coaching a coach, I, well, I, I think it starts off with what your intention is. You know, right. when I started, I had five, you know, the, let's go back 26 years, right? I was addicted to cocaine, alcoholic, on the antidepressants, and seeing psychiatrists and psychologists. And I saw these Tony Robbins tapes at 1 a.m. in the morning, watched it for three consecutive nights, then bought those tapes. November 93, got clean on St. Patty's Day of 94, purely by accident. It was a great story. And I listened to those tapes over and over again for five years as I got myself clean. I didn't know what NLP was, or as Tony would call it, NAC, you know, his rebranding of it. I just knew like these were tools I could change my life. So in 99, when I wanted to help people, I opened up Get Life Coaching again in my basement. And I was still fragmented, man. I was still twisted up inside. I had five years recovery, went to 12 step meetings, but I was just beginning to scratch the surface with all like the, the, the twisting and miswiring inside of me. So I always wanted to make a difference in people's lives. Always been a part. I always, you know, I, I did backyard carnivals and raised money as a kid, even my worst addiction. You know, I would give like like the few bucks I had left less left in my pocket to someone in New York who was you know begging on a street corner or stuck at Port Authority. You know, it, it was always in my nature. So when I wanted to coach people, my intentions were genuine. My alignment was off. In other words, I was very insecure. So I started off like I would have to help you to change your life so I could felt so I could feel better, right? right? Even though my heart was pure, my application was off. Because if I couldn't help you, then I was not enough. So, you know, in the beginning, I didn't have a lot of clients. So there's no clocks in my office. So if you came in for two o'clock, you know, it's 4.30. We're still going, man. We're still pounding. We're getting through that wall. Through the door or through the wall. But you're getting on the other side today. Yeah. So I think the first part of what you asked is come from that place of service and abundance versus insecurity and that ego, the armor that we surround ourselves with that protects our insecurity. I think that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Number two is learn from the best. You know, like, you know, we're fans of Tony. Tony's great. Zig Ziglar. There's so many people out there that, 
like know how to tell stories. And there's courses, and I, I know I, I can't really recommend one. I'm sure there's some good stuff. But here was a difference for me. I studied NLP, but then I began to learn Ericksonian hypnosis from Milton Erickson. And if you know NLP, neurolinguistic programming, one of the people that the two founders modeled, one was Milton Erickson, who used language patterns to create great changes in people. And that was huge. And I began studying that. And that really took my storytelling to the next story because I just didn't speak. I use language as a way to move my audience into different emotional states so that they can assimilate the message or get a level of transformation. So, and there's a lot of great courses out on, on Ericsson hypnosis online and live, but learn how to speak that language. I think that's, that makes a huge difference. Huge. Yeah. I mean, that, when I first got into the similar, I mean, believe I think we had the conversation that uh, tapes were my, the, I watched the infomercial, <laughs> came home one night, I was like 17, hammered. And I was like, mom, give me your credit card. And she's like, well, what for? I'm like, you Tony Robbins, you 30 personal power. And she's like, uh, we have that. I'm like what? Yeah, yeah, it's down yeah. again. We still sealed. She never opened it, but it was the cassettes. And same thing. I listened to it for years. I didn't, at first, didn't apply it. Like, I listened to it, but I didn't actually do the exercises. And yeah. uh, then, you know, one year, I uh, was like 21, 20, maybe. I basically did the Dickens process on myself and quit crack, pot, drinking, smoking, like everything in, uh, in that one night. And then just applied everything and started doing music. That was my first career. I know your, uh, your first career was uh, also in the uh, entertainment field a bit. Yeah, I, I started my first, look, I, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 12 years old. My first ever venture was a pro wrestling newsletter, right? Like WWF and all that. And what it was, it's, um, I used to get news clippings that people used to send me that would cut and paste them. My dad would uh, Xerox them. And Old school would, cut and paste. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not, not, not with the mouse. Right. right? <laughs> Glue and, and scissors. So I would sell that. And at 16 years old, me and my friend started a disc jockey business. And that was my first real, and we grew that. We grew that to about 20 DJs and we had a retail store where we sold DJ equipment. And that kind of transcended and crossed over the timeline when I got clean and eventually him and I separated. I, I kept DJing, I started the coaching process, started being a, be, being a coach, studying, learning all that. And then I haven't DJed in 10, 12 years, long time. No, no, 40. So like 13 years now, probably 13, 14 years. You yeah. still have some gear? Like the ever. Oh, in my, in the other side, I got the Tony Robbins tapes. I got, yeah. I got like the, everything Tony in the other room, but yeah. I still got my personal power tapes. I'll show my daughter, Emily. She's six. I still got all my DJ. I got tons of vinyl. So anybody wants to come over, we can, I can hook it up. I got the turntables, the Technique 1200 turntables. I got a uh, vinyl. We can have a house. We have an old school house party here anytime you want. <laughs> right on. <That's, laughs> yeah, it's it's 
cool. Like I still, I mean, I don't play as much as I used to, but my walls like got guitars everywhere in, in the loft and I pick them up every once in a while. And, um, you know, Ellie sometimes likes when I play and she'll make up songs and stuff. And then other times she's like, just stop playing. I want to play, like just play, play. (laughs) But you know, granted she's only five. Yeah. So while you were doing this, one of the things that I've, worked on myself and that's what I coach on is like reinventing myself and what you've just shared is some of your reinventions where have some of your attempts to reinvent to you know to overuse a or word that's being overused right now pivot um where where have been some of those situations for you and how did you deal with if it didn't work out like what did you do to adjust course so let me ask you, frame this for me. Are we talking personal or professional or both? Both, either, whichever one that, you know, because if you think the personal drives the professional, so you yeah. may have learned a lesson personally that you were able to apply professionally or, or vice versa. Well, I, you know, I've been coaching 21 years. I've been on this personal development journey for 26 plus years. And I think one of the things that makes me a very successful coach and what I do is I've made so many mistakes along the way, personally and professionally. When I sit down with a client, like, oh, I know that pattern. Oh, I ran that pattern. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, I still run that pattern a little <laughs> bit, right? <laughs> right. So I have a lot of uh, situational awareness when it comes to that. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I don't, I know this is just semantics. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I believe that, you know, we live in two worlds. We live in our core, right? That's an authentic part of us. Think of like the statue, David from Michelangelo in this big block of granite. Inside that block of granite was a pristine statue of David. It just took the artist to take away everything that wasn't part of it. And I think the journey of our lives is chipping away of all these egos and insecurities and all these things that we think that is important that really isn't. And it's a process of continuing to define and redefine yourself because it evolves. You get new insights. You know, we, our child is, uh, are, is very close to age and Things that were important to me, I'm 53 now. Things that were important to me at 43 don't even matter to me. And things I didn't even think about at 43 are urgent and important for me. So I think it's more about, again, like the words, every year I pick a couple words to focus on. This year is the E words. It's empathy and ego. Learning to live with more empathy, seek first to understand, right? And number two is live with less ego because ego is at that protection. We always got to, you know, all of that. And, you know, I have a strong personality, but that doesn't mean I live in ego. It's not about me. It's about we. And so I think from that standpoint, it is becoming more of who I was really meant to be. And in that carnation, there's been times I thought I was this, or I thought I should be more of here. But if I just peel back that layer, Doug, it's just my ego's telling me that the authentic person isn't enough. And, mm. and, and that's not true because we are enough. You know, we are. And learning to let go of that and be still and be in the moment is, has been truly transcending for me. From a business standpoint, you know, I, 
you know, when I first started, I had one role model was Tony Robbins. So if you came to my early seminars, I was like a short version of Tony, you know, and you know, it, but like in music, it's acceptable, right? You know, like if you pick up a guitar and you're a huge fan of Eddie Van Halen, right? Yeah. You, you try to be Eddie Van Halen, but then eventually you develop your own stuff. But if you're a musician, I was a musician. If I listen to you play, I could go, oh, oh, you're a fan of him or her or this yep. or that. You can hear the histrionics of it. So, you know, in personal development, is a little bit different, but it was, that's who I was. But in the process of doing this, you know, I became more and more of me, but I can also kind of admire that because I, I look back at times and there was definitely, as I was trying to grow my practice and find my niche and find like my voice in the personal development industry that I, Again, it's not feeling like the real you is not good enough. So, I, you know, I got to wear a shirt and tie. You know, I'm heavily tatted, obviously. I got to be more this way for them to recognize, recognize me. I need to be more that way so I can get their approval. And through it all, you lose yourself. You lose when you're not authentic. You never feel like you. And you feel disconnected, become a caricature of yourself. And... At 53 and not giving a crap about most things in life other than my daughter and helping people and like obviously taking care of me, my well-being, my health, it, other people's opinions just don't mean that much because, uh, you know, you get rejected enough time in sales. It doesn't bother you. You've been around long enough. You go ups and downs. You understand their seasons. So I think, like, yeah, I, I think pivoting, growing, developing is one thing. I think changing you so that you would sell better be more like be more well received leaves you feeling empty and disconnected at the very end so the question is always how do i become more of me how do i discover and live more of that and then from a business standpoint how do i take that and be able to market and sell that in a formula that people understand who and what you are Long answer. I'm sorry. No, no, that's great. No, dude. I mean, th that's the purpose. And it's really helpful for, I think, for myself and all people who are, because the truth is, um, we're all in sales, right? I, I love asking that question when we're, you know, like, it doesn't matter what's going on, any event I'm at, and who here is in sales, and you'll get salespeople raise their hands and no one else. I'm like, uh, if you're breathing, you are in sales, right? You're, you're selling yourself or you're being sold. And yep. you know, we could see that in all areas of life and that analogy works. So for coaches, that's really an interesting thing because we're, we're taught so many different things, right? We're, we're taught, you know, market, market what they want and then give them what they need. And there's a fine line because there, there's truth to that in that we need to present the, where people are at so we can connect with them because people miss out if they don't, because a lot of times we know it's different than what they think they need. Right. Always. Right. And you'd never like market. You say, I tell you what, this weight loss plan is going to be really uncomfortable. It, the, the food, you're not going to eat as much. The, the exercise is going to be painful. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be sore. When do you want to sign up? Like yeah. no one, no one would sign up or you'd get a smaller crowd, which is fine. Some people do do that. Yes. But I, I love that. Like, how do you like, 
your conversation of balancing your authenticity without pretending, right? Right. And, you know, like I look back at Tony, like you use that example. When Tony first started, he was wearing suits all the time and he had the... Jim Rohn. He wanted to be Jim Rohn. Yeah. Because that was his mentor. Right. And and it's to- like, that's normal. Like I see, like when I, when we, I've, when I've seen you speak, I see the Tony influence. Yes. Right. People see it in me too. You can, we can't help it, especially since that was the formative years. So, like you said, like if I started learning playing guitar to you know Led Zeppelin, most of my stuff is gonna have elements of that because that's in my bones, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I used to get to feel a little weird, like when I got compared in music, like if someone compared me to someone. Now, if, if someone says, "Wow, you know, you remind me of Tony," I'm like, "Wow, that's." That's cool. Like, I don't get upset about it. Right. It's, right. I can't help it. In music, it's, 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 it's acceptable. And outside of music, it's sometimes not so acceptable, but by, from a peer-to-peer level. Right. But we have to understand we all do that. We all find our way through. We, we model and adopt what we're closest to, and, but we can't stop there. We have to go through that process until that voice that we're copying, right? Those that style or approach that we're copying becomes our voice, and there's a transition there. Right, and yeah. that's and that acceptance. So I, I think, and I understand where it comes from, especially using Tony's just because he's the biggest, right? There's, no one's bigger right. than Tony. Um, sometimes what happens as we all know is people go to an event, they go to a UPW or they go to any event and the next they get inspired and that's beautiful. And like, I want to go help people. And then they're like an authority because they went to a seminar and then, yeah. But meanwhile, you know, guys like you and I, I mean, I'm a master practitioner and trainer of NLP. I'm board certified in Neo Ericksonian hypnosis. I've, you know, Reiki master. I've done like, you know, all these other things for the last 20 years. But then when you start sharing stuff like that, then, then it sounds like, Oh yeah, it's all about you. Right. Right. (laughs) So you like, you figure how do you get that information out there to share your experience without sounding egotistical? Well, I think one of the challenges is today is back when we started, you know, it was easier to separate yourself because whether you had a great website or you had this or you had that, you know, the, the advancing of the technology has kind of watered everything down. In other words, I can look like I am a million dollar a year coach online without having a single client. Right. <laughs> I could be living in my mama's basement and look like that way. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, the biggest thing, and, and, and this is one of the things about the coaching industry that um, drives me insane, if I could be honest, is we live in the look at me, I'm an expert world. Everyone's a freaking expert now. You know what I mean? Everyone's, I'm an expert. I'm an expert. And like, well, how do you measure an expert? And like, who's the king of experts that gives out the title? You know, like you come to the Firewalking Institute, we have the master firewall constructor. Well, we have a course that you have to go through. We have curriculum that you have to go. We have benchmarks that has to be hit. And then you receive that title of master firewall constructor, right? But anyone can call themselves an expert today, right? It's kind of like it, take a, it took a gr- great idea and overran with it. 
And I think like, really, I, I, I teach coaches all the time. If you're new into it, don't call yourself an expert, call yourself an innovator. An innovator will go much further because it doesn't, it doesn't create an incongruency with your story. Okay. I have a new, I have a new opportunity. I'm an innovator, how I'm going to help people or interface with people. And the second is like, like, again, it kind of circled back around where you see a lot of everyone's doing, like it drives me crazy. Everybody, all the coaches, everything is a uh, picture of themselves, you know, like uh, that looks like, you know, someone took it for them, but they kind of just use a timer. Right. And they're in a pose and it's promote, like, look, look, look how great I am. And here's some copy and that will sell it to that's going to sell it to people right and it's all over right all you gotta do is click on one ad and facebook will give you 20 more just like that content is the key that is if you're a coach out there stop telling people how freaking great you are and start showing them what you can do for them now the pushback i get but if i give all my stuff away right get out of scarcity understand marketing because 90% of people who go to Home Depot or any other place and they learn how to lay tile will never do it themselves from beginning to end. They might start and go, this is too hard. They yeah. might take a free class and go, oh my God, I got to do all that work, right? And they're going to hire someone from Home Depot to do it, one of their subs to kind of do the work for them. Get out of scarcity. Give more content. And I don't mean like the little stuff. Like I, we have a program right now called it's get you to launch.com. And it's a 30 day look over my shoulder, taking you from the beginning to, to a launch program and sustainable sales of a coaching business, right? It's everything from branding, from marketing to what paperwork you need to sales, to setting up a simple website. And it's an over shoulder approach. So we're, we're kind of, you know, we call it a, you know, there's done for you, do it yourself. This is done with you. And we have live calls in it. And the thing I hear often is that, you know, like if I give my stuff away, then there will be nothing left. We got to get out of that, right? We got to, if you want to be successful, start posting videos, start posting tutorials. I just, like I said, I just did one. It's a Facebook ad running right now where I give away like the four, five, when you do a coaching intro discovery call at some point you got to stop coaching and start selling even though you're selling all the way through how do you handle that transition mm -hmm. right from launch to i mean from from switching from coaching to the selling process it's directly from my course because what happens is if they come on watch this uh first tony robbins program or product those tapes then what did you do uh then I started uh, looking for other tapes from Tony okay. and other people. And, and uh, actually, I'll be, I'm interviewing Marshall Silver next week. And he's, he's one of the other ones. Passion, Profit, and Power uh, yeah. was one of the ones I got. Omar Perryu, we have him. Uh, so, but like, did, some of the – But did you go more Tony events? No, actually, for a while, I was just – I. So, all right. So the, the short story is I was listening to the tapes, applying them, went into music, and then kind of would just listen to some stuff. I never went to an event. Once I went to an event, game on. I went to UPW, went to MMI, went to um, Marshall's thing. I went to uh, like I took tons of stuff after the first event. Right. So 
if they like what you offer, people will buy more. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. Well, so- also the what Russell Brunson does is he give you could get his entire package. I think it was like I don't know. You, like 50 bucks or whatever. It might've been free, you pay shipping. And I got a box full of his entire program with a zip drive with everything on it. And then what happens is you go, I, I can't do like, this is too much. I need someone to help me. Well, we do. We, we, we actually do the same thing with Frank Kern. Yeah. I, I, I did a program with him and then I did his inner circle. And then I'm on day 10. I'm like, I just called them up. I go, how much would it cost for you guys to do this for me? They gave me a price. Now they do it for me. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Right, so they went from a ninety-seven dollar sale to a couple thousand dollars a month. Yep, you know what I mean. And they did no work. I did all the work. <laughs> I should get a commission for selling myself, right? But that's how people buy. So we, we, it's coaches out there. You can't be scared. Give away your best content. Give it away. Right. Teach. Prove to people how you're different. Stop telling them. Prove them. Get them results. They will speak to the highest heavens about you. They will buy more from you. They will stay longer. They will become raving fans. So I, I think that's the way coaches will become more successful and stand out of this shouting match. I'm greater. No, I'm greater. I'm greater. I did this. I do this. I do this. I do NLP. I do this. It, 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 it drives me up a wall. It really does. Well, I'll, yeah. start, I'll start clicking, clicking on ads on Facebook that I hate just to get more of that versus, you know, so I don't get all that, that marketing, the marketers, social media people, the coaches, all that stuff is just this, the regurgitation. Well, but God bless them for, for doing it. I think that's the thing too, is where they're, they're figuring out their way. Right. And, and that's, that's our, you know, sort of role in, in helping entrepreneurs and businesses to be more effective in serving. Cause that's ultimately, cause I believe that they all have a good heart, right? Everyone. Yes. And I think sometimes there's conflicting information or, I mean, there's an, there's an element of truth to when someone says, I don't know if I'm an expert. And then the argument would be to give someone the confidence, say, look, all you need to know is a little bit more than someone else. So you can help them. That doesn't mean you're going to go coach Tony Robbins, but you may be coaching someone who's a few steps behind where you're at. So comparatively, you are an expert to that person. Mm -hmm. So what it boils down to is also that we talked earlier about that authentic marketing innovation, like really where you're at, who you help and getting clear on that. Yes. And the thing that I, I've even struggled with it because we are so like you, like, I mean, with humility, I have a lot of experience and talent is we can help anybody. Yeah. Like we, we literally could help anybody. And then, but, but in, when it comes to marketing and like kind of being clear on messaging, I, you know, when I'm out networking, so you'll meet somebody. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a real estate. I'm an, I'm a real estate agent. Okay. Well, do you, do you have a, a niche? Like what's your sweet spot? Oh, anybody wants to buy or sell a house. Right. Like, well, now I don't know who to send you. 
right? Because I have a friend that might be looking for a $5 million house, which you, I know you'd love to sell, but that's not your market. And I may have an investor who's looking to, you know, do a flip. They're looking for, you know, maybe an REO or, or something like that. Like you got to give me a little more, maybe you're a first time buyer. But when people can't niche down and be okay with a niche, that makes it really hard to get out there and help people. Right, right. Because then, then, then you try to be something for everybody. And, you know, you, you're not enough for most people that way. You know, right. not enough in, in giving them a clear enough message of why you, they believe you can solve their problem. Right. And yeah. what's interesting, when I, when I left working with Tony, uh, he said, look, Doug, remember, you're not a coach. You're not a trainer. You're not a speaker. You're a marketer of your coaching, training, and speaking. Yep. And it's an interesting distinction because as someone who wants to help that hat, you guys go, oh, and I just want to help people. It's like, well, yeah, but you're not going to be able to help people if you can't get to them. You can't build the business. Right, you know? right. And I, and I think like, you know, we live in a world where a funnel solves everything. So we're told, okay? So there's, you know, I, I do this all, I, I, I've done this, I, you know, I, I can be at my little mood swing, but I'll get these, especially LinkedIn. LinkedIn's like a whoring ground. Um, you know, you, you comment one thing on LinkedIn and you get like 20,000. I can help you. Oh, dog. I looked at your profile. You know, we work with, and I, I do one test. Anyone who sends me a solicitation, I always say, great. We're a $500,000 a year company looking to go to a million. Please send me three referrals of people that you've took from 500 to a million with your strategy. Just let me talk to them and then I'll come back and I'll buy from you. Right? Crickets. Uh, <laughs> that ends that prospecting for them real quick, yep. right? Um, because there is no quick fix, right? Funnels work when things work. I worked with a client the other day and they bought a funnel. I bought a high price funnel and it didn't work. Then they did another one. It did work. But, you know, now they got all these leads, but they don't know how to close those people, right? So, like, everything with somewhat can work in the right circumstances. But if you don't have the back end of your business set up and solid, and I mean the branding, the marketing, the, the, the process of the onboarding process. Now, if it takes a week to get back to somebody, all of that. Um, a, a good email, a, a way to segment your email list, knowing how to close a prospect, you, you're not going to be efficient and effective at what you do. And that's kind of like, like that missing layer for many, many coaches. They know they want to help people, right? But they, but they don't know how to do it. They hire something or buy something, but that's only a piece. So it's like me having a car and I have an engine, but I'm missing the transmission or it doesn't have tires, right? It all has to work together for that to be successful. And it's better to build from the ground up because then it becomes scalable. If it's if you build from the top down, it'll be like an inverted triangle. And that base is really, really narrow. So you got to start at that foundation and take time to understand how marketing and sales, and I do a lot of sales training too, Doug. And I walk in there and they go, what do you guys do? And like, oh, we're customer um, 
you know, service, we're experienced agents. I go bull, you know, I say bull. I say you're salespeople. And for the rest of today and tomorrow while I'm with you, we call ourselves salespeople. No, we don't call ourselves salespeople. I go, but that's what you are, right? Because we think sales is a dirty word. Sales comes root word means to serve, to serve. You have the ability to impact in life a family, a generation out there, right? If you don't, they will find someone to try to solve their problem. And if you believe in yourself, like I know you believe in you and I believe in me, I believe if God brought me that person, I can help them. You know what I mean? Yep. As long as this matches up with what I do. You know, if you want, you know, me sell your real estate, I can't do that, right? But I know I know my space to operate. And if someone fits in there, then I have to believe I'm the best person to help them. If you don't believe in you, you're not going to be successful with it. So you've got to learn how to get through those objections because selling and coaching is the same. And if I was coaching Doug, Doug, I, I would hear Doug's fears, doubts, hesitations, and limiting beliefs that's keeping him from what he wants. If I'm selling Doug's, I would hear his objections that's keeping him from moving forward. Limiting beliefs and objections are the same. It's the same process. I'm closing you to helping you to realize that your life is worth more than you've been living, right? I'm closing you on the concept that you, all you need is within you now. I closed my daughter to have strawberries about 15 minutes before this call instead of a bag of potato chips. <laughs> so we got to understand that foundation. If not, we never get to share our gifts. Totally. I remember my transition was working with Tony to working at a drug and alcohol treatment center and I'd be doing my thing. And, and one of the, some of the feedback I once got from somebody is, Oh, you're like uh, you're kind of like a slick salesperson. And I'm like, yeah, what am I selling? And then I think about it and like, uh, I'm, I'm selling you to you. Like, I, I got no product. I got nothing. The only skin in the game I've got is I spend my time here every day so that you have a reason to stay sober, that you figure out what's important to you, that you can connect to your higher power, that you can be receive that grace, that you can know that you're worth going out there and making a difference. Yeah. Yes, I'm selling you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a, it's an interesting thing when you have a, a negative association to sales. And the worst thing for a, a salesperson is themselves to have a negative association to sales. Right. Because they'll never go out there right. and answer the sale or they'll take the, the objection and agree with it. Right. Like, oh, yeah, me too. Okay. It's too <laughs> expensive. Well, yeah, I think I'm expensive too. So I won't push that. Well, let me know and we'll find the soft landing space where we're not getting saying no, like, well, how about circle back in a month, right? And they'll follow through because they have no follow through system. We know that, right? And it, it is your ability to close a deal has really come down with your relationship to money and sales. And that's why you have to work on yourself, not only learn the skills of how to handle and the do's and don'ts in the sale process, but also the congruency because if you don't believe you can help that person, if you don't believe you're the best person in the world to help them, right? It doesn't mean you're egotistic. It doesn't mean like no, like only Joe, Doug could never help that person. But if God put someone in front of me, he put there in front of me for a reason. 
No, he did his job. I got to do my job, okay? Now, they might they might meet Doug somewhere else and work with Doug, and that's cool. I believe in total abundance, but in that moment, I'm here to serve, and it begins now, even before they enroll in that process. And that when you come at that level of congruency, it doesn't feel like selling. It feels like, you know, and you're not scared of getting objection or a pushback. I remember once I had a woman come, come to my seminar, had the most amazing experience. So she convinced, and you know how that goes, her husband, she needs to see Joe too. And their marriage was on the rocks. So I give him the whole pitch. Like we sit down and he goes, Joe, I'm not saying you're not worth it. I, I love that one. However, it's a little bit more money than I feel comfortable spending, right? And, and look, I'll give this away. Number one thing to do with objection is agree with them, especially yep. if it's a price one. Just agree with them, right? Uh, and he goes, you know, and I said, absolutely. I said, I am very expensive. He goes, thank you for acknowledging. I said, no problem. Have you priced out the cost of a divorce attorney yet? And he went, no. I said, maybe you should do that. And that might read, and you might get a different perspective on what expensive is. And um, he eventually signed up him and, and, you know, we're able to save that marriage. It was really, really cool. And, but yeah, but if you, cause most salespeople, coaches will try and justify, they go and convince them. They try, yeah. oh, but no, no, it'll do this for you. It'll do this for you. It'll do this for you. And that's not the mechanism needed to push through that and get the result that, you know, and getting them before that, that's not the objection. It's not about money. It's about, do I believe that I can help? Like, do I really believe I can get that result? That's, it's really an internal objection. They just don't know how to articulate that or, or are scared to. So they'll throw the money one out there. That's expensive. But in comparison, you know, I'm, I was ticked when I got divorced that my divorce attorney was twice the price of what I charge. I'm like, mother. <laughs> right. Well, and, and part of it too is like what you shared earlier about that belief in yourself and, and that salesperson that agrees. Um, part of that was that, that guy's also his self-worth conversation. He's like, right. I'm not worth that investment. I know I'm not saying that you're not worth it. What he's really saying is I'm not. So you're reframe giving him something. Well, are you worth the the is your you know destroying your relationship and paying for it worth it yeah. i'll t- i'll take I'll, I'll take money right off the table man because i yeah. don't want to talk about money yeah because money's irrelevant it's irrelevant i think on most purchases it's irrelevant i take it off the table i want to deal with the real issue and see if we can make headway there right and well and again because money is just energy and that's yeah. that's the thing it's what you shared earlier it's that it's people's relationship with money and relationship with sales are where there's going to be the most resistance. And when you just break it down and just go, it's just money. I mean, it's just energy and it's an exchange of energy. Well, now it's a currency and now we're going to ride the current. Now we're going to create the flow and then we're creating even more energy with the energy, right? It takes energy to make energy. Yep. So then just use that principle. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get out much. So <laughs> <laughs> nobody does anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, oh, so yeah, you're, you're in Maryland. Uh, Delaware. Delaware. All right. Yeah. Uh, how, uh, how locked down are you? 
our lockdown officially ends on the first. Great. Okay. Cool. But we can't still do our live events. Right. We have our fits, which is our firewalk instructor training. It's for those who want to learn how to do firewalking and have their, have their own seminar, glass walking. Yep. It's where we farm. met. Yeah. With the firewalking Institute, which is a so, great event by the way. So anyone who's interested, uh, definitely reach out because yeah, they're going to be starting up. Go to, well, yeah, our next one's in August firewalking.com and you know, we're the home of firewalking. We start all of this, right? It's so cool. The history behind that. However, the, we are, we, we, I know for a fact, unless there's a pushback with how the conditions that we'll be able to do at least fit outside. Okay. So I could get like a huge tent, like a 25, 30 foot tent, right? Mm -hmm. I could do like something like that I could do. So my other programs I can't do outside. It's different, but right. the firewalk, it would be kind of cool. So we know we can do that. So that's really good. And the other ones, my next event is in July. We'll see how that holds. You know, that's the, that's the uncertainty of everything. You can, you can set a date, but you don't know. <laughs> right. So how have you dealt with the, the, cause we always did hybrid myself. Like, you know, we have the group calls, we have the, you know, we've always utilized zoom for the last few years, but there was always that live component. Um, what do you see the future as far as the integration of technology? Do you see less live events anyway? Do you think there'll be a resurgence of people just hungry to get out? Like what, what do you think? What's your crystal ball telling you? I, I think the problematic side with where we are at is that there's no end date. We don't know. So you know as well as I do, based upon emotional need psychology, without that certainty, yep. right, it creates more uncertainty, right? So I think, you know, it's, it's always going to be a little bit, I don't really know until there's a pervasive feeling like, things are good, whether it takes a vaccine, whether we believe in it or not, a vaccine, um, you know, numbers reporting, just people getting sick of it. But we need that level of certainty, that baseline of certainty. Well, I think um, it would help, you know, not to go down a rabbit hole, but to be told what that number that they're looking for is anyway. Right, right. And they, I don't, they're it, not even given, like the, the people who are making the decision aren't even saying, you know what, once we see this, then we're okay because you just go, oh, when like to say when a vaccine comes out is not th th that is not certainty, right? Right, and I think I think the best analogy I heard was it's like they're building an airplane while they're flying it. <laughs> you know, what I mean that's that's which is the way you do a business, and that's fine, but. Yeah. You don't do that with other people's lives. Like you, you do that for yourself and you can figure out as you go, you, you know, the, yeah. the impact is not, you know, because millions of people aren't looking at us kind of going, well, what are you doing next? We go, we give them the certainty, oh, this is what's happening. Even though in our heads we're going, oh crap, okay, what am I going to do here? I'll fix that. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, so I, I think, but once we hit that point, we're social creatures, right? Will there be some people who kind of, choose to do certain things virtually yeah would it be new opportunity absolutely right but if if you look at experiential like the seminars that you do or i do or tony robbins does um you can't do that virtually and that unless you unless there in such time there's an there's enough virtual reality out there where it feels like we get bored 
I was on a Zoom call. It was like a networking event, right? And a half hour into it, I'm bored out of my freaking mind. Okay, I'm being honest. Like this is great. I can do this, right? But like, I don't care. Like, like if Tony Robbins did a 14 hour, you know, UPW Tony Robbins, right? I would be like, like on Facebook in 15 minutes. I'd be like, you know. Let me pay some bills or let me work on this. Like it's just it's just human nature. Like, like the magic of immersion seminar is you you go into this room and you lose all track of time and other, you know, other concepts, which induces a certain level of state, which allows a lot of learning to occur. You know, yep. that's why there's not a lot of breaks. We don't you know, you've done seminars, I've done seminars, we've been to seminars, we look down the clock and go, oh my God, it, we started at nine, it's 4.30 already? Yeah. Maybe someone's got to eat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's food? Like, well, and that's so funny because a lot of times, like, you know, people would say, you know, when you hear the hours of a, an event, they're like, I can't be sitting for 18 hours or 16 hours or 12 hours. I'm like, don't worry, you won't be. And you won't know what you're doing anyway, but you, you the time will fly, trust yeah. us. Right. And, but here the time flies, but not necessarily in the best way, because, you know, if you're on a Zoom networking thing half the time, yeah, you're doing other stuff, answering emails, you know, working on it. We're doing multiple things. And that is not going to be the most effective learning. It's not going to we're not going to have the best connection and we're not going to get the best results. And, and like, you know, I, I hear every a lot like, oh, this is the new way. I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I think we'll get bored of this. We are social creatures at the end of the day. We, you know, we feel like, like I'm good at keynote. It's almost a pay, pay me to do keynote, keynote. I'll do a very, very, very good job. But if you want me at my best, put me in front of a crowd that I can interact with. That's why right. I raise it really, really high. You know, um, that's just me, right? I need that interaction to play off that energy. And I get some of it with Zoom, but it's two, it's two dimensional versus three dimensional with every sense invoked in that experience. So I think like people begin to get tired of it. I think as we feel more comfortable, it'll kind of be, you know, like one of those types of graphs, you know, mm -hmm. as we get more comfortable, right? And as we get more bored, I think we'll hit a, a, a point where we'll end up. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Oh, so hi, Em. Hi. Remember hi. Doug? Remember we, we had breakfast at Disney. Remember him as mom? I mean, his and Elevy? And his daughter? We saw Winnie the Pooh for breakfast. Captain Hook, you were scared. Or the Mad Hatter. Yeah, the Mad Hatter. Yeah. Remember? I think I remember something. Yeah, I'll, I'll show I you. I think I remembered, um, wasn't it what I stared up? Isn't, wasn't it? Not, it wasn't Winnie the Pooh. It was no, the it was a Mad Hatter, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. we saw Winnie the Pooh yeah. and his daughter's like your age. The only one I was scared of is, um, the Patrick. Oh, okay. All right. And you saw you guys took pictures with Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. I'll show you some pictures when we get done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, we got to tell that story before we wrap. That's, that's the most amazing story of, of certain dipidous moments. Right. Totally. Okay. So, so I think we'll hit that saturation. I think we'll hit that saturation point, Doug. Yeah. Okay. Get something. Get 
You get chips. So I think we'll hit that saturation point. And in that saturation point, we'll eventually go back. But there's new opportunity with interfacing with people. So again, the question that if you're a coach out there, you got to ask yourself is you don't want to do what everybody else is doing right? Yeah. It's always going to be similar stuff out there, but how can you become seven up? Seven up is the greatest marketing story of all time. One caller. Yeah. Because Coke and Pepsi, for those who are young and not old like me, Coke and Pepsi in the eighties were fighting out millions and millions and millions of dollars. Pepsi paid Michael Jackson $10 million to dance and never hold a can of Pepsi, even though there was a sequence glove, right? And seven up came along and said, I think there's opportunity. We can't compete on a budget size of marketing with seven, with Coke or Pepsi. But I think, or they said, we think we can make tons of money being number third with less expense. They go, great. Well, how do we create that market separation? And they came up with one of the most amazingly successful marketing slogans ever they called themselves the uncola instantly there was a distinction between pepsi and coke knocking themselves out mm -hmm. and then the alternative seven up so and we still remember it as that like it's yeah. it just it stuck it's, it's brilliant it was, it was brilliant so we got to find that niche but we also got to make sure we're congruent with us in that there's a lot of stuff that i could do virtually but would I enjoy the process? I enjoy helping coaches. That's why we created, you know, get you to launch. Um, there's a lot of other stuff I could do. I just, you know, people suggested, well, you should do some mindset for leaders, right? How to, you should do a workshop for employees that are struggling, but that, that would bore the crap out of me. It would have input. I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So you got to find your seven up name, but also find something which is, is what you do. So in other words, it might be a fringe part of your name. You just can't go two, three names over just because you think you got to get on this zoom webinar membership group bandwagon because it, it, you're, you won't be successful with that. It you just, it just too much competition is too fierce right now. You know, find what you're good at. And just do it and do it better than anyone else and find a way that you can do that in a virtual environment and less is more. Take your best idea, chop it in half, chop it in half again and sell that. Ah, so that you can have more to sell. Well, yeah, yeah, but less is more, right? Yeah, well, yes. No, but I mean so that if you're chopping it in half, chopping it in half, now there's more opportunity when you've got the relationship. Yeah, yeah. And that's a side benefit. I think what we do is we, we, we often try to give a lot, right? To show you, look at this awesome value, man, like boom to boom. And there's, there's no depth to it. Okay. Right. Like, like work in a smaller frame, but work that baby down deep, give them every ounce of, of, um, of knowledge and wisdom and transformation that you can. Well, and, and that's such an interesting thing, like when you talk about that depth, because I think people have gotten used to, and I, and I don't know whether it's good or bad, but the, the, the value stack, like, okay, I'm going to give you this program, and then this program, and then this program, and then this program, and then this program, because I, I think I was at a Grant Cardone event, and there was like, you know, he, he did his thing, and it was like $40,000 worth of content. 
right? You're like, wow, for 997, you're like, wow, that's actually a pretty good deal, yeah. right? But then, like you said, is it like just wide and not deep? Right, right. And is it really what people want? You can throw a lot of junk in it, right? You know, like, you know, I'll name my next child after you. Right. <laughs> that's worth $10,000, <laughs> right? But yeah, and, I, and the value stack is really good. It's excellent. But it has to be something that they want. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that's a mistake. Sometimes I just, okay, we'll throw all this stuff in there. Um, you know, $40,000 worth of stuff that has no value is worthless to me. See, this is where we confuse this whole, you know, give them more value, give them more value. That value is assigned by the individual, not the giver. I can tell you this iPhone is amazing and it's worth a thousand dollars in value, right? But if you or a buyer don't assign that value, then it's not that value, right? Value is always set by, the true value is always set by the, the buyer of it. So in, in that relationship, giving away something and saying that you're getting tons of value isn't right. Something is value. Nothing has value until the buyer finds it valuable. Yep. Right. That's the key. They got to find it valuable. So a lot of it is download my free PDF. Right. And I'm not against that strategically, but people think like, Oh, I'm giving value. But you have to understand that not if you just look at stats of how many people opt in, yeah. how many people download, and then, and then I'll, let's say 100 people who download this PDF, right? Because I'm giving you value, Doug, Doug, this report is worth $999, right? I mean, $99, this report, $99 in your inbox, give, cost you your email and your name. But 90% of those people who download that PDF- Never even open it. <laughs> Right. So how much value did you get? Now you get their email, you can market them, but they're getting also marketed by other people. So you got to break that code and find ways to offer value to that person. Now if they love you and you get the PDF and they go, oh my God, this is great. Cause I opened it. I used it. I applied it. Excellent. But it, it, it we got to get to that point where they understand that this like they're using it and they're getting results. That's why this is a value proposition. Well, and that's where it gets into uh, two things. Like one thought I want to remind me NLP presup, but um, is knowing your avatar, like yeah. knowing who you're serving so that you can actually deliver value. Because if you're trying to help everybody with your download, it's not going to work. You know, it's like, as a matter of fact, I was just talking to a friend and I was sharing kind of a little bit of my strategy and, and one of my, downloads is a free uh, guided hypnotic meditation. It's like a 35 minute custom meditation. And he's like, yeah, but that's like a niche market. I'm like, well, yeah, I know. I know the people in my world. When I, you come to my events, we're doing meditations. Like before you do a glass walk or a fire walk or any of those things, I'm getting you into state and part of it's going to include a meditation. So I, I right. want people like that. And they're going to have a higher open rate and listen to rate. Of that that not just a, you're just not getting a casual person a right person that kind of just wandered in off the street exactly um so by the way if you want that it's at guidedhypnotic.com 
Uh, the show is brought to you by Revolutionary Growth, and uh, they're sponsoring GuidedHypnotic.com. And then the other thing is uh, the NLP pre-sub, like what you just shared, the value. Communication is, the meaning of your communication is how it's received, not how it's intended. Correct. So it's, it's the same dynamic. Like it's, it's just some of these basic, simple philosophies that oftentimes we, we don't necessarily always apply, and the average person certainly doesn't. Or they don't apply it fully or long enough. Right. I mean, it's, it's like running Facebook ads with the, with the backside retargeting, right? They don't ever give it enough time. I was working with a client a while ago, and she was a coach. And um, I framed it. I said, you know, so I ran, we ran test ads five hours a day. And after a week, she was, I spent $35 and not one lead yet. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, right? So I think we, we do a lot of comparison. We get caught up in the whole drama and we forget the science behind this. We forget the math that is behind this. And great fundamentals like finding a niche audience, finding your avatar, communicating to them directly uh, and selling to those I, when I do a complimentary coaching session, I have a 93% close ratio. I am very good at selling, but I'm even better at, at pruning my audience. So I sell to people who want to buy from me, right? That, 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 that's, that's my secret right there. 21 years right there. Well, that's that, and that's the, that's the balance. A lot of people yes. think that more leads is better. No, yeah. Qualified leads. I'd rather have way less qualified leads at ten a day than ten thousand not qualified. Like, yeah. just what good is that? Like, that's right. useless. Right. So, learning how to speak to your audience, right, will grow you so much faster than trying to be a one size fits all. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, how can we get in touch with you moving forward? If oh, there was, quick. we gotta tell. Let's tell our Disney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Please go ahead. Go for it. So um, I was down at Disney, like, what was it, like three years ago? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, two, maybe two. It was, two? Okay. And um, Emily was, was three at the time or four? She, well, she's three now. She's six now. So, yeah, she was four probably. Yeah, so, yeah, so two years ago. So I'm posting pictures. I, I am that dad. I, you know, I go on my Facebook. I have like 25,000 I have like 25,000 pictures on my phone, 20 of them my daughter, but now probably about like 50,000 of my daughter, the rest is fire walking mostly, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm texting and I'm, you know, I'm putting out there, here's Emily doing this. And Doug messages me, you message me that, oh, you're in Disney too, right? And I'm like, cool, we should get together. And he goes, well, we're having, was it the Floridian? Where was the, yeah, the uh, uh, breakfast at the Grand Floridian at uh, 1900 yeah. Park Fair. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, we're having a, a breakfast here tomorrow at like, I forget, it was like 825 or 920, yeah. it was like 825 to say that, right? I said, oh my God, I have a reservation too for there at 820. It was five <laughs> minutes right. off the dog. It was like the great, I'm like, let's eat together. It was yep. so cool. It was the first time I was able to meet your wife, yep. right? Beautiful, sweet woman. And she kind of like, I was actually able to, you know, if you're a single parent, single dad, you know this. I was able to go to the restroom by myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
and she braided my daughter's hair, which right. my daughter was happy about that. I can't braid. Um, I had like five minutes of like, oh, that's what yeah. that felt like, you know? <laughs> and it was so cool. Our daughters got along really well. It yep. was a beautiful gift, just meeting your family and you. And um, it was just so, I guess, serendipitous that, you know, like you saw the post, you commented, I commented back, and we had the exact hotel five minutes off so we didn't have to there was no yeah, there's no work yeah the biggest challenge was hey we instead of you know two tables can we make one and and of course they applied crazy right i mean yep. like the, what are the odds of that stuff well god influenced it was meant to be to, to oh, get the hang we were, we were overdue and, and that's the thing like for the work that we do we're so blessed to have friends and and stuff around the world and to oftentimes these are the kinds of things that sometimes we only get a chance to do because we're so busy right. so it's it's almost like we got to find projects to do together so that we can hang and and communicate because and, and by the way i love that I, I believe that we are in a world of collaboration not competitive you know not competition um yeah. there's really no no reason for that um, and actually, one thing I did want to point out as far as and helpful for, for coaches, because this is something that I learned, not the hard way, but interesting. Tony shared about, you know, like modeling, you know, this NLP, like find someone who's getting the results that you want, do what they do, get the results. So when I, I applied that in my music industry, did very well, of course. But then when I went to do that shift, it's like, okay, I want to I help people. I want to help people make music of their lives. I'm going to model the best. I'm gonna to model Tony Robbins and I got the gig with Tony. The challenge is, is that when I got the gig with Tony, Tony was already Tony Robbins, the icon, not Tony Robbins starting from scratch. Yes. So oftentimes what we do is, and, and that what made me think of that was what you shared with your, your client, is that we compare ourselves at times to people who are in a different stage. Yep. And it's, that's where we have a real, you know, like interesting time because even just a couple of years can make a huge difference. And Tony made it big because of the market wasn't as saturated and infomercials was one of his main things in doing that stuff on radio. Right. Not, that's not what's available today. It's not the same, the strategies are different. And even Tony was late to the game in going like digital and, and all of that. Yeah. Like he took a while because he didn't need to. Right, right. And I think, I think like the mistake that new people make or existing is they look at Tony and, and they don't understand that the 1% rule, which means there are people who are, are like at top 1% and they have a different rule book. Tony yep. can do certain things because he's Tony Robbins. <laughs> Frank Kern can do certain things. Doesn't mean you can't learn from them or synthesize it down and get the mechanics of it. Because usually it's part of, if you ever funnel hack Tony Robbins, it's crazy the levels of complexities and layers of his funnels, right? Really kind of cool. And like, so it's the, you're only seeing one thing go, oh, if I do that, I'll get results. No, Tony can do that because he's Tony freaking Robbins. But but even Tony doesn't trust Tony being 
Tony Bean, Tony freaking Robbins, because that's only a splinter of this. If you pull out to the macro of, of this funnel that all kind of works together and we get seduced. And then what happens is we don't get results and then we get discouraged. Yeah. Right. So I think it's kind of going back to that foundation and doing like, yeah, be cutting edge, but also like the, do fundamental principles that will help you grow your business. I mean, whether you're a Trump fan or not, Trump fan doesn't matter. This is a great story. So Trump used to do these talks up in New York. Um, there was like a, a, the learning annex, it was called, and he was involved in it. So a guy paid all this money, sat up front. Loved, love what Trump said about business. This is like long, long before Trump ever got into politics, right? And, Which is not that long ago. But yeah, but <laughs> Which is not that. <laughs> know anything about New York or learning annex, right? Yeah. But then he spoke next year again. So the guy sat in the front row again, paid thousands of hours to sit there next to this global icon. He said the same speech, same exact speech. And Trump did a Q&A. He raised his hand and goes, Mr. Trump, I love you. I follow you. I'm going to admire what you've done. Um, I want to be a real estate developer like you, but I paid thousand dollars of last year. It was a great speech. I paid thousand dollars of this year and it was the same speech as last year. And Trump's response was great. He said in 2000 years, the nature of business hasn't changed. It's still business. Yep. Right. Marketing is like funnels is still selling. One-on-one is still selling. So I think it's like, you know, understand the basics. Don't just go with like what you think will work or what seems hot or it works for Tony. Learn to pull things apart and understand the mechanism of marketing and selling online funnels, face-to-face email, and then you can build from the ground up and build an ecosystem that's going to keep bringing clients to you of the right type. 100%, brother. And similarly, like even with NLP, when I, when I first learned it, uh, the guy that taught me originally, this guy, Doug O'Brien, brilliant, brilliant trainer, we, he taught generative NLP. And it wasn't a week course. It was six months. It was, and it wasn't about learning a protocol. It was learning why it works right. so, and how it works so that when you needed to help somebody, it wasn't like, let me pull out my manual and, and right. read this script. It was understanding why that works, how it works, so that you could be flexible with your approach so you could actually serve and make a difference as opposed to just like spitting something out that someone else taught you to say. And- I, haven't, I haven't done like a true, 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 like from the pra- practitioner, master practitioner course thing in years. The closest I do is like a Dickens type, which is timeline, right? Yeah. But even that's not true, true. I mean, from the book, right? And right. Like, and, but like, if you come to my seminars, everything I do is NLP. Right. Because it's all NLP behind it, but it's not, it's not like a six, I haven't done a six step reframe in God knows how long, but I do parts work all the time. I'll say things to Doug. So, you know, that, per, like, you know, that side of you, Mm-hmm. What's preventing that side of you of figuring it out? That's parts work. And yep. you don't know if parts work is an NLP protocol, yeah. right? But it, you know, but it's not an official way of doing it. But I understand that foundation. Right. And by the way, NLP is just 
a language for something we're already doing. So when you understand that, then you go, oh, okay, so it's not about a protocol. It's about the, really the, the science of the subjective human experience, which means it's subjective, contextual. We apply what works and don't, and take away what doesn't. And that's just the simple. I do parts all the time, but I'm not like doing it as the thing. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, all right. So let's have fun with that part. What's the, you know, and I will go through the, what's the positive benefit, the, you know, the secondary gains and all those things. And they go, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And then sometimes that's enough. They go, oh yeah, I'm not being a dick on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Kids today. Awesome, um, man. Yeah, it's, dude, this is so great to catch up. So how can we get in touch with you? How, what is uh, some information that people can learn more about you? So if you want to go to my website, getlifecoaching.com, G-E-T-L-I-F-E-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G, shows you how long I've been around. I was able to get get life coaching as a domain, a .com, not like yep. .io or right. US, right? Uh, if you're interested in firewalking, if you're interested in adding that, Coach, healer, healer, trainer, speaker. It's an amazing program. It's amazing personal development. We've added so many things to help support afterwards. We give you a free repeat now. We have a, a, web, a membership website, International uh, Firewalking Federation, where all the videos of every element is broken down for you. So much cool things. You can go to the website there. Um, you can also, if you're a coach out there, and you are just starting out or you are struggling to go from part-time to full-time, the hobby to legit, to just kind of find your rhythm there. We have a 30-day program. It's recorded, lifetime access, $97. It's very inexpensive, but it is packed with everything you need. It's kind of looking over my shoulder in the process. And you can go get you to launch.com and there's some information there. Uh, my social media, you can find me. Um, it's Get Life Coaching, or my personal is facebook.com forward slash Coach Joe White. So somewhere there, or just message, or you can just text me at 302-229-9117 saying, hey, let's talk. That's, you know, 302-229-9117. That's my cell phone. It's somewhere around here. That's right. cell there you phone go. Your $1,000 iPhone. iPhone. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So you can <laughs> 2000 for you. All right. But you, can, you, know, you can just text me and say, I have a question about this. I'm interested in a complimentary session. Maybe you can help my business. I suck at sales, but I know, I have, I'm, I know I'm here for a reason. And I'm here to impact lives. Can you help me with that? And we can see where it goes. Right on. Beautiful. Well, Joe, dude, thank you so much. My brother from another mother. I look forward to uh, maybe even reviewing the, uh, come supporting you guys and reviewing the course. Uh, you know, it'd be uh, great for just to connect and, and help out. And, you You're know. always welcome back. We, it's kind of weird because we got pushed here a little bit. So it's, it's an odd format this year. So we have one coming up in August. We have one coming up in September, which was supposed to be part of the next level. It's called eFit, Executive Fire Walk Instructor. Uh, and then we moved the fit and the eFit back to November, okay? Late October, early November. I think it's November um, or somewhere in that period. But so we have three fits, the Fire Walk Instructor trainings coming up in this year. Right on. So yeah, so it's really a lot of compression here. And so... Look, if you want to come up to Delaware, we'd love to have you here, brother. Always, yeah. Love you. I mean, it's uh, be fun to just be in the you know 
in with you and, and supporting you. I know you came and supported me. We did that board break. That was awesome. And um, just love to, to be in the environment, right? Our, the, that to be around people committed to transformation and helping others is that's what inspired me when I saw Tony was like, man, look at all these people who want to go out and help other people. I want to be part of that movement where we're helping people help other people like the Wella commercial. Yep. Right? Again, here we are dating ourselves. The Wella commercial, for those of you who didn't know, it was the one person, and I told a friend, who, and I told a friend, and I told a friend, and then it goes to uh, basically the Brady Bunch with all the... It looked like a Zoom. It looked like a very large Zoom call. <laughs> right, yeah, it looked like a Zoom call, exactly. <laughs> awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much. Thank I you love you. Brother. I'm so pleasure you know privilege to to have you here and um we'll get this out don't have the date yet i'm just kind of just going to have them edit them and then auto release them i'll let you know when that'll be okay uh, love it love it love it uh say hi to your wife your beautiful daughter awesome thank you soon. all right brother you got it brother i'll talk to you in a bit bye-bye peace